with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good day, wherever you are. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Roy Kolick, your host, and with me all the way from that beautiful country of Wales, the amazing ghost hunting, ghost hunting, God of Impersound, Steve Pastors. Good evening. So, there you go. There you go, Spirit Quest done and dusted for another year. Oh, geez, you had to bring that up, did you? Well, I'm hoping that you tell me and the listeners all about it. Oh, really? Well, I wasn't there, was I? Wasn't invited this year. Yeah, yeah you were. You you failed well, on me, so that's uh, all I could uh, say. Uh, can we? All right then. Well, let's just go back to that, should we? What time was um, Stephen Scott's presentation? Eleven o'clock. Same as you're supposed to be. And if you add five hours to that, no clue. Yeah. What did my message say? I just can't do Sunday morning. Well, Sunday, Sunday morning here. Oh, you didn't say UK, UK time, and Bull I did ticky. specify. Bull ticky. I'm going right in there now. You know, your toy. problem is you never read your messages properly. No, because my you, mind really doesn't follow things. My mind is so quick. And I know. So I know. It, I know. Jumps anyway, tell us about Spirit Quest, because I wasn't yeah, there. Anyway. Yeah. It was, it was good. It was as good as always. Everybody enjoys it. It's like. Yeah, but the listeners don't know what happens. So yeah, I don't want to go through the whole thing. It's kind of like well, give us the edit, give them and me the edited highlights. The usual thing we did. Uh, the You're Friday not selling night, this, are you? Friday, Friday night, no. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I mean, it's, it was a fun event. We had a great speakers, and uh, you know, we. It's we not had... a paracon, is it? Let's let's make that clear. No, it's definitely not a paracon. No, no, no. It's no. kind yeah. of it's kind of a what a retreat? I, I, that's what I call it. I call it. Or I a come up survivors with a club. Survivors club works good too, uh, yeah. but yeah. It, but I it's not. Up... It's not a paracon. It's not. You know, like it, there are speakers, but there are. Workshops. I mean, they're part. They're part of it. There's workshops. There's entertainment. Mm-hmm. Entertainment. Yeah. Friday is dressy up day. Um, well, I always call it dressy up day because everybody dresses up. Yeah, we're, we're um, like oh, fancy dress. Well, you. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing that you don't see at British Paracons. Um, fancy dress. Well, I mean, you know, they like to wear their club allegiance hoodies, but. Um, what do you mean? Yeah. How can they tell them apart? They're all black. Black T-shirts. I know, but they've all got different logos on. Probably a skull or something on them. But uh, usually, it's usually something a bit sort of gothicy, steampunk, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, um, or a bit, you know, got a pentagram or a doodad on it. Skull, yeah, bat, ghost. So yeah, 
But they don't anyway. do dress, they don't do dressy up, and it's been themed dressy up, you know, because the each spirit quest. Uh, yeah. I'm doing yeah. your job for you now because each spirit quest has a theme, doesn't it? Which mm-hmm. relate, which follows through some of the talks, some of the events, and the dressy up night. Yeah. Uh, yes, where were where were all the Ouija boards from this time? Because you posted a load of pictures of a big. Um, That's my collection. That's your collection. Yeah, it's my collection. Yeah, my collection. Uh, Why? Yeah, we did just, on Sunday. We did just curious, we, because uh, we did have you know we did a workshop. Yeah, we but did a, in uh, previous years we did have that guy, didn't we? Um, what was his name? Who? Uh, we had Robito, yeah. Jason Robito. Yeah, and I wasn't sure that it wasn't his. No, it's my collection. Yeah. A little bit cool. of this, a little bit of that. Stuff yeah. people send me. Pe- pe- one, the, the one Stuff that you, you gave me. to blag. The one you gave me is there. Yeah, I recognized it. I went, yeah. that looks familiar. Yeah. I noticed you've, you've got the um, tea tray, the Ouija tea tray. Yeah. Yeah. But um, as. I, what was it? I can't remember. It was made in Chicago. I remember that. But I've got the um, the board mm-hmm. version of it. It's exactly the same, but obviously they didn't bend it into a tea tray. Yeah, I have no reason why they put it into a tray in any ways. Anyway. So you can have sandwiches while you're um, communicating with the spirits or maybe even invite them. Mm. So John in the chat, I don't know what what happened to the morning edition, and we've taken a little bit of a sabbatical on that uh, uh, because of my health issues. So um, we have taken a little sabbatical. So John, that's what happened to the morning edition. I'm hoping to get it back soon. I hope, but uh, we'll see. Anyway, in reality, John, he's he's not mentioning his health condition, but he can't sit down for long. Not since he had the hemorrhoids. Yeah, for some reason, those the seats at the studio there just kill my back. Kill my well, back. Take a cushion. It's not I do my cushion. It's just something. Make it man up, take a cushion. Yeah, I've tried everything. It doesn't work, so uh, whatever. Oh, and congratulations <laughs> on Business of the Month. I was reading that article. Yes, uh, for those who don't know, I have been selected Business of the Month in the wonderful town of Drakeit because it's October. Probably. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's topical to uh, be elected in the month of October, Halloween month, but um, mm. it could have been, could have just been a coincidence, an example of synchronicity. Nah, I doubt it. I doubt it. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I ended up with a little, little bit of a headbutt with one of our fans. Oh, and, good. Well, we do like them. Okay, uh, I got to change change uh, screens up here. I'm gonna if I do, I don't know if I'm gonna. So I'm gonna continue to talk, and then I'm gonna pop back in, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna you don't want to do our count. You tell me if I interrupt my count. Okay, one, Go on, then. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Did I interrupt? Ninety-six, ninety-seven. <laughs> cut it out. Did, no, did I? Seriously. No. Okay, so I'll call it up and and then uh, we can we can discuss the well, not new talk. butting heads. Yeah, not 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 about it, but makes uh, a change because most people normally complain about me. 
No, no, no. It's, it's got nothing to do with you at all, Steve. It's it's about no, my Ouija board. No, it's a nice change because most people writing complain No, they about don't. Me. You told me they complain about me. Only the Brits. Oh, okay. And the That's French, the Germans, the Italians. And the Americans and the, the French. Regions, and the the uh, Australians. Portuguese. Oh, no, the Portuguese Hi. love you. Oh, they do? That's good. Yeah, so anyways, loads of emails from Portugal. I, I had a, you know, my, I had my Ouija board collection, the one you commented about earlier, posted on Facebook, and uh, which I did a good job. I did a good job posting pictures from Spirit Quest this year uh, each day, and as the events happen, the speakers and everything, just to get people to know what's going on. But anyways, uh, Joan, uh, Joanna called it, our message. She said, I had one of these when I got engaged. Um, I, uh, I got engaged. My boyfriend and I were at a friend's house that hosted one and i asked how many children i would have and the screen said three boys they are now 50 49 and 46. and i just said i love it you know which you know I, I, it's all it's all really i said and and then uh uh you know this guy jason james christopher yes so he, he wrote back, uh, Joanna, self-fulfilling prophecy, maybe subconsciously, uh, you wanted three kids. It, it, the, I love it, idiomat, I, I can never say it, idiomatic effect, you know, when you, you, you yeah, get idioma, yeah. idiomotor. Thank you, dear. Uh, expressed that desire on the board and they went on to have three kids you always wanted, even if you weren't conscious that you were doing it. I rest my case. Next. <laughs> so right. I, I said, like, well, that was kind of mean. <laughs> and, and, and so I wrote back. Uh, uh, oh, what the hell? I said, James, you're no fun. He says, well, welcome to my world. The welcome to the world of rational, logical thought. This should be no fun in the paranormal investigations, only facts and evidence. And I said, except, which I spelled wrong, I used it wrong, except I realized, uh, except, except, except you have no facts and no evidence, only personal belief. That's exactly what that whole thing is. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Well, you're both right. But, you know, I mean, I know James, he's, he's got his head screwed on. He's, he's all right. Um, oh, I'm not saying he's a, a bad dude. I mean, I'm not but, saying what he, what he said is but wrong, are, but, but I'm there, just saying. But, you know, but there are, you know, let me finish. But there are people, you know, they don't kind of get it. Um, mm. And I, you know, it's not just him. There are others um, who, they're like, you know, they, they, they behave like the paranormal police, like, yeah, I you, know, you know, it's like, yeah, you and I both call for good practice all the time and we call yeah. out bad practice, but at the same time, you've got to have an element of fun. You know, life, life without fun can be a bit dull. Oh, for God's um, sake, you're looking for invisible people in the dark. That's, yeah. Well, <laughs> how can serious you know, uh, have you ever seen a happy paranormal investigator at 2 a.m.? 
not at 2 a.m. Hell no. No, no such thing. Um, and you've got to lighten the mood. You've got to. And also, I've always been a great advocate, as you know, of what I call edutainment, where mm. you use the form of entertainment to educate and to get discussions and debates going and to, you know, allow you to push your case for good practice. And I was, in fact, I was, I was having a similar conversation with one of these, you know, spoil sports um, earlier, and they were complaining earlier this week, and they were complaining about uh, some of the stuff that they see on Facebook, how it's allowed to go on to, you know, the, the pages of groups like ASAP and Ghost Chronicles International. You know, why do you allow this rubbish, this this nonsense to come on? And I said, well, it's kind of like but not the same as clickbait because people have a, have a perspective on it and they want to have their say on it and it gets a debate going and that encourages others to join in and it might bring some listeners to the show. So that's a good thing too. Uh, and it allows, you know, people to share their, share their opinions, share their points of view, mm-hmm. argue, respectfully argue back and forth. And you know, that's no bad thing. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have all the answers. And and maybe James was right. Maybe it was. the. It was certainly his opinion, which there's no problem with, right? Yeah, I mean, I've got no problem with his opinion. But I would argue with um, the, the notion that the idiomotor effect can, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they did it when they got engaged or married. Mm-hmm. And then that unconscious desire somehow worked its way through the, the biological processes of reproduction mm. um, by the way you, you said you know james or, right? or was it that i uh, only i've never met him i mean we only communicate oh. on social media okay. um, but he's always he's always struck me as you know well, i was just wondering if he was a psychiatrist or a psychologist where it... i don't believe so I, yeah. I don't actually know, um, but mm-hmm. I, I I don't think he is um, in that line. Um, but you know, for, for, let's just go back to what it what he says: the idiomotor effect, yep. which is this. For those that don't understand, this is that. an idea okay. that was. That, well, this was an idea that you know has been um, put about by by people. Mm-hmm to try and explain why the planchette moves. It's the subconscious actions of the sitters, which invariably it probably is. Um, And, you know, way, way, way back in the early days of the Ouija board, back in the middle of the 19th century, Michael Faraday, uh, the notable um, chemist and and member of the Royal Society, built a special version of the tilting table, which measured the forces that these people imposed on on onto the the table the planchette so it was you know fairly evident that the sitters were involved in the process psychologists later explained that this was subconscious hence the idiomotor effect Mm -hmm. but that to then stretch that to say at the start of a of a relationship or marriage then that subconscious desire to have three children then directly controls the reproductive system. The only way it could be directly controlled is 
basically you only have sex to on you know sufficient occasions to become pregnant three times thereafter you stop which they'd have the three boys by the way and until you geez only have well you know that's i i think i think that's a bit i would argue that that you know james's suggestion is a bit of a stretch and he he would probably agree is this a budgie thing or a fly thing no, I, I just don't think that you could make that sort of uh, stretch between what the, a board said and what became reality on the basis of solely desire and idiomotor. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, coincidence is much more likely. Um, the average family size, um, you know, two or three decades ago was three well, two points something or other. Mm-hmm. So there was a high probability that, you know, three was viable because you can't have like two points something. So you either have two or three. Um, you know, whereas now birth rates are falling. So it would be, you know, if the board had said three, you had, you are much more likely now to have one. Right. Um or if you go way back, you'd have like 13. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it, 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 so I, I, you know, I, I think that coincidence is a much more likely explanation. So let me ask you this, the, Steve, right? You know, on the the same, in the paranormal. Yeah. But it, even on the same subject is that, I mean, let me ask you, do you ever re- read your horoscope? Um, Be honest. I, got, Be I honest, have got. Not re- not regularly, no. Not regularly. Um, I didn't ask you that. That wasn't the if, question. If, if, you know, if I'm flipping through a magazine or a newspaper and there is a horoscope. But you read it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do, and they take it. And, and you know, there might be two things in there or, or some little bit in there. They say, oh, wow, yeah, I, I, that kind of oh, no, happened no, to me. No no, 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 I'm not saying that that's happened to you, but I'm just saying that we're, first of all, we're, we're curious. So that's why we read oh, it in the first place. Yeah, I mean. I'll tell you why I read. Can I tell you why I read it? All right. Why I what I why I read it is to see if I I always um, I mainly read it to find out what came you know how accurate it was. So I I tend to read the following day. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. The only newspapers I ever read we don't subscribe or get any delivered. But when we visit uh, the in-laws, they do get a daily newspaper, Mm -hmm. and I often, they often leave, you know, yesterday's paper lying around. And, you know, while everybody's chatting, I'll sometimes flip through it and look at the horoscope of the previous day. And then I can reflect back and go, well, that yeah. didn't happen and that didn't happen. And that, oh, oh, that, that did happened. Happen. Oh, that did that happen. Happened. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. It's that curiosity. And, and, when, when, when we, and what happens in some people is they go through these horoscopes and, you know, they, they have a day, well, that really didn't happen. Well, that doesn't apply to me. And, the, and then they'll have something that came through. And I says, wow, I read my horoscope this morning. And I and they said, I have this and this, and it came true. Well, that so was same that's all, all well, they do is relay what happened that particular day. So that, yeah, that, that, that you know, I mean, that works exactly the same with dreams, because what people say is yeah. I had this really uncanny dream um, about a spider. And when I woke up in the morning, there was a big spider on the corner of the, you know, in, you in, in, in the bathtub. Yeah. 
and they go, I, I, you know, but what they don't remember are all of the dreams or they don't give any credence to all of the dreams that don't come true. They only remember the ones that oh, yeah. do. And then they, they make a big deal about it. And, you know, I mean, this this has been explored by parapsychologists and by psychologists. Oh, I know that. Yeah. As to, you know, why we we forget or discredit things that we don't relate to. And we give greater amount, greater weight to things that align with our beliefs. So do you, yeah, it doesn't, I mean, I was just going to say that, doesn't it, like, yeah, it, things that are unimportant to us in our everyday life, we don't really notice as much as, as some things that are really yeah. important to us. Uh, it's not, not notice. We don't, we, we consciously don't notice them. Right. It, it's a deliberate process within the yeah, brain. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, it's not that we're, um, you know, we, we, in the, you know, we are inadvertently ignoring them we are real-time memory can only hold so much well it's, it, then, we actually will a, a good example is when you go on a ghost investigation yeah and the medium points it to a corner of the room and says there's a spirit standing there and then somebody takes a photograph and mm. on the photograph they capture an orb yep. now if Very your belief fun. If, if you believe in what the medium is saying, and I've dealt with a photograph this week, um, exactly that, the, <laughs> the, the, the orb becomes a manifestation of what the medium was indicating. And if you show the picture to another person who, whose views and beliefs don't align, some of them don't even see the orb because on this particular picture, it was quite a faint one. Um, and they, they they comment on the decor or on the you know the surroundings in the room and they don't notice it because it's not something that they're you know if they're not interested in the paranormal and you go here have a look at this picture what do you think mm-hmm. they go oh yeah that woman's dress is awful and I don't like the paint on that wall and <laughs> well what about the what about the that weird blob of light that's uh, is there oh yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's just a camera. It it kind of you know, but to the believer, that's that why we always a, red circle everything, right? Well, that, <laughs> but to the believer, that becomes yeah. evidence and proof of <laughs> the manifestation of the spirit because they've captured something on their camera and they believe that the medium was was telling the truth and being accurate. The non-believer. And the non-believer just says the medium was wearing, doesn't know it was a medium, but, were, you know, that woman's wearing an awful, horrible pink dress. You know, when I see stuff like that, I mean, I remember watching uh, Chris Fleming and uh, the, the girl from the UK on there, I forget her name. Uh, Gail. Gail Porter. Yeah, Gail Porter. Thank you, Steve. I try to get her on a show a bunch of times. She's come close, but did bail on me. Uh, but anyways... And that was one of the earlier shows, and and I watched it, and and I kind of enjoyed it in a way, and uh, but I remember like you know Chris saying, oh, there's a spirit here, and and he holds out his hand, and then they in the film they would show like an orb or something where his hand was, and I always say, oh, that's cool, but that's my comment, that's cool. I never said, oh, that's there's a space there. Look at that. That's really. I mean, it's just it's just cool that that particular moment they captured that particular thing that's all i'm saying uh 
But, you know, some people like say, oh, that's just blah, blah, blah. another person, like you said, who believes and say, oh, yeah, look at that. That's a spirit, just like he said. Well, so remember it, the time it, it, you and I, you and I went to Hammond Castle. Um, up yes. in, and in Hammond Castle, the guy, the, 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 the guy that built it and owned it and mm-hmm. conducted his own experiments into mediumship. And in the middle of the room, he built a giant Faraday cage and he... Yeah. He strapped the mediums to chairs and shot lightning bolts at them. <laughs> and I had, and I was talking to you about how orbs appear on digital cameras, and I had you stand on the spot and raise your hands. Mm-hmm. And what was it? What was just above you? An orb. An orb. Now, you and Didn't I. Didn't you have your three D camera then? It was the three D camera, and yeah. I was able to, and I was able to prove that you look. This is yeah, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, not paranormal. Mm-hmm. Now, I've shown that picture to dozens and dozens of people since, oh, and, well, thanks, and, and and told them the story of mm-hmm. John Hammond and what he did there. And I said, and here's my my friend and colleague uh, standing on the very spot. And I don't mention the orb; they do. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that a lot do. Really? They go, oh wow, that's the spot where the medium did all the all the weird stuff, and look, there's an orb there, the spirits, blah blah blah. Hmm. <laughs> so it depends on how you give them the information as well. Oh yeah, it's like EVPs, right? Yeah, I mean it's kind of like if you, in a way if that you if you prompt people if you for give it, them the photograph and it. give them the backstory, you know, mm-hmm. I I've seen hundreds of pictures of orbs on holiday photographs and nobody ever mentions them because that's not why the picture was taken but if you take a picture in a haunted castle right and an orb appears and you're there looking for ghosts well there's your evidence mm-hmm. but we have to take a break we're coming up to the breaks and very shortly but yeah, I, I agree with you a lot, uh, you know, and totally, Steve, actually, um, not a lot, totally, uh, that, it, you know, it's in the eye of the beholder. But, you know, it's it's one way or the other, just because one person believes that's their beliefs. And the, the person who doesn't believe, who, by the way, he, he really didn't have any scientific fact backing up that particular statement, uh, you know, any, any evidence or and he's certainly no proof. And uh, he's believing through his beliefs that, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but belief doesn't thing. change fact. Yeah, but what is fact? You have to define what fact. We've got to take a break. Well, we some things we can define. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that when we get back. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, International right here on Georgia Network with uh, Steve Parsons and Ron Kolick, and where we're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrick Street, Bethlehem, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio and Patreon, and we're right back after the following messages.
Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. And if you survived the first half, this is the second half of the first half of tonight's Two Hours Ghost Chronicles Double Edition. And afterwards, it's Bigfoot. Yeah. We're or Big, Big the Foot. Foot. Why did they call him Bigfoot? He's only got one leg. Yeah, I know. That's because he hops around. I always wonder about that Bigfoot. You know, it's like. Oh, there's only one footprint there. You know, we in the morning show, Lou and I had a big discussion on what do you call a group of big feet, uh, big foots, big foot, big foot, <laughs> big feets. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we we I, we yeah we we got a big thing about that. What do you call groups of whatever? Anyway, back to our uh, thing. We do have another question to uh, from someone who uh, here's uh, one. Here, going back to that one though. What oh, yeah. is a group? What is a group of sheep? What is a group of sheep? A herd, yeah. right? Well, that's what I said, but apparently it's a flock. Oh, that would make and, sense. Okay. And I said I that makes no sense. Birds. Yeah. I said that makes no sense because the guy that or woman who rounds them all up and looks after them is called a sheep herd shepherd. Not, not a sheep flocker. Not a sheep flocker. No. Although in no, Wales no, there are they get arrested for that. Well, in Wales, there are a lot of sheep walkers. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Great minds run of the same gutter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had a laugh because uh, Richard Richard uh, Felix, when he came over here, talked about uh, the old ghost ghost uh, joke, you know, about how many people here have seen a ghost, how many people have heard a ghost, yada, yada, the whole thing. You know, this, you know the joke. I know the joke. So I was doing that, that speech for the lighthouse at that that the oh, meeting house. You, you got it no, wrong. No, no, no. And and the guy came the the guy who takes care of the place, the head of the association that came up, he says, he said, I got a ghost joke and he, he does it as an Irish priest and it's this congregation but he does it with an Irish broken 
the whole thing. It was, it was I know the joke, but it was still funny. But uh, yeah, so a little variation of the same thing, like our ghosts, right? We have our variations of, of the same thing. The Hitchcock, oh yeah, the, the oh, yeah. ghosts, and this and that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, anyway, um, moving on. I yeah, I think we did it. And by the way, James, I I, I hope I, you're not offended by that, but it was a good question, and, and it brought up several points, and I just wanted to well, I'm, discuss I'm, it, make Steve, and reinforces the point I made earlier in the week to somebody else about how you know the social media posts people might see them as being irrelevant or silly or but they 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 are encourage discussion and healthy debate yeah and allow people to put their points of view and express their beliefs and opinions yeah i mean it's it's it, the the purpose you know, she just was sharing the story in the, in the, there's no reason why you should challenge that story. That's all I'm saying. There was really no reason. Um, that was just a, an experience that she wanted to share. And we know that like, even in religion, a lot of this paranormal was based on belief and it's people's beliefs and, and, uh, you know, it's personal beliefs in a lot of cases. So whatever. Which, we were to, which is, as I said before the break, yeah. Um, well, you you've seen the sticker that's on my uh, laptop case. Um, uh, refresh my mind. It's the one that says science doesn't give a fuck about your beliefs. <laughs> yes, but you know it's it's science. It's all you know the paranormal is like oh evidence I got proof or, or that it's like you know what are you really proving what what kind of evidence are you. Re- I mean, if you tell me that there's a you got a cold spot in there, you can measure that. Okay, I got that. That's an environmental thing. You can actually measure this evidence, this proof. But if you gotta say there's a, I don't know how you could prove any half to the other stuff. It's it's really not. I can't. Yeah, but 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 but, but they do because as I, I've been writing my pre- presentation for this year's SPR conference coming up in November. Uh-huh. Um, and my abstract, you know, my idea was it was accepted, so now I've got to write the bloody presentation. Yeah, and <laughs> I know, I know, and pay to go and do, to do it as well. Oh, well, that's okay then. Uh, not job. so good. Not I thought so you good. said you were paid. Unpaid no, write- I have to pay to go and. Oh no, that's not a good idea at all. That's no, not no, a good no. idea. No, that, no, no, that's no. the part that hurts. But nevertheless, yeah. in it, I actually. You know, I use the the paranormal groups, uh, you know, in a single night can obtain more proof and evidence for the existence of the ghosts than the SPR has managed to achieve in 140 years. Yeah, that's that's some very going. valid point. Very valid point. That's some going. And, you know, I, you know yeah. should parapsychology really take take an interest mm-hmm. if they're getting that much evidence, then. Who's who's right and who's wrong? Yeah, I mean, but there, there's an other aspect too, like the the idiomat. I can never say that freaking word. motor. Yeah, that thing there, right? I mean, when when Karen O'Keefe came over here and it's like a hybrid, uh, I forget it. Whatever it is, it's it's going to be an Iranism or whatever. But anyways, when Karen O'Keefe came over here, we were up on a, a tour or something, and. Uh, I forget what the heck we do. Oh, we were we, we had a group of people we were entertaining, and 
So, uh, you know, we took out a pen. I took out a pendulum thing and, and, uh, was doing like, like little dows and, you know, and, uh, uh, the, the whole thing. And, and after it was all over, he says, uh, Karen came up, he says, you know, that was just idiomatic effects. I says, yeah, it's to me, I am this totally understand it. When I demonstrate dows into people, I always demonstrate how you can influence the pendulum by, you know, doing, you know, in your mind, basically. Um, but it's just where does the information come from at times? That's all I'm saying. And, you know, there, that's an opening for another event. But all I'm saying is, yes, that might explain the mechanism, but it doesn't explain necessarily where the information is coming from. But whatever. Anyway, so let's go on to the next question. Go ahead. Which, which is uh, from John in the uh, chat room. And he says, I got a question. And this is intriguing because it leaves it like totally wide open. I got a question. Have you ever tried using old school equipment and uh, high tech equipment? Yes. Like in compare, which yes. would be better for a ghost investigation? Yeah, well, no, but kind of. We we have done a number of, and we've talked about them on the show before, where we have Thanks. resurrected uh, some of the old ghost hunting equipment from, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, mm-hmm. um, and directly put it alongside in exactly the same environment at the same time, oh, its, cool. modern, its modern counterparts, mm-hmm. because we wanted to see how good, how accurate, you know, because... And the the reason we did it is because there are some intriguing EVP recordings that were made with reel to reel tape recorders. Yes, and, that's what we always get back to the reel to reel. Which um, and there are a, some interesting ghost photographs that were taken using film cameras. Mm-hmm. And what you see is a very you know. So we thought, well, is it actually the technology was better or different? and more able um, to do stuff, you know, could an analog sound recorder by reel to reel or a cassette record sound in, in a, or work in a different way that spirits could interact with, or were they just recording the same sounds as their modern digital counterparts and they were likewise being misinterpreted. Mm -hmm. And we've done it with, you know, um, thermometers we've done it with um as i say reel to reel we've done it with old style um analog video recorders the old oh, sweet. You know, yeah. um and the modern fully digital cameras mm-hmm. um and it, it's it's valid you know i think it's a valid exercise because and i've said before i think you know when we buy new technology when we buy the latest newest digital recorder um, or digital camera or digital thermometer, we tend to take the old analog devices and stick them in a cupboard or sell them on eBay, eBay. and get rid of them. But they still might might still have a place in our ghost hunting kits. They might still be, they might be in some areas better than their modern counterparts. I can give you one example. I was yeah. I was going to ask you what what you came up with on, on some well, of these, especially, let, especially recorders. I was, well, let's let's with recorders, we didn't find any you know the quality. Any the, 
nothing significant. But what we did notice with uh, thermometers mm-hmm. is that the old analog, um, not the liquid in glass, the old um, that used the spri- uh, a bimetallic spring oh, that yeah. drove, a, drove a needle round a scale, mm-hmm. actually responded more quickly to small changes in temperature. Really? than the modern digital ones. And the reason for that is that, uh, oh, some modern digital ones, the reason being that the actual sensing head, the actual component of the thermometer, the bit at the end of the wire with, you know, inside the plastic bubble, um, the plastic bubble that protects the sensor, of course, the plastic itself has to warm up and cool down and holds this. And so the temperature has to sort of, that has to change temperature before the sensor that's inside it changes temperature. And like so, the pot on the stove. Yeah. The other difference we noticed is that um, digital thermometers, or a lot of the cheaper ones, only sample the temperature maybe once every minute or every two minutes or every three or four minutes or whatever. Whereas the analog one, it it doesn't sample at all. It just continuously changes. And so you you can see um, the difference more readily. Very interesting. So there's there's one example. So I I wanted to ask you a little bit. You you said you did the comparison. So if we look at digital recording, so how how is digital recorder, how is the sound recorded? Do you are you aware of these questions or oh yeah yeah, yeah outside yeah. your uh, realm okay no no this is this is exactly my area um, okay both use both use a microphone the microphone hasn't changed at all mm-hmm. uh, it's still you know probably never will <laughs> possibly never will I mean there are different types of microphone you've got I know. condensers and you've got yeah, yeah anyway dynamics um, so a microphone then. On the analog system, it sends an electrical um, voltage down the wires to the recording system. On an analog system, that voltage basically is linearly transcribed onto the magnetic the magnets that then move you know past the tape and imprint the magnetic fields, which are the sounds onto the recorder, blah, blah, blah. With digital, it's different. The the voltage being the electrical volt uh, signal sent from the microphone to the recorder isn't um, linearly transcribed onto the magnetic tape. Instead, it is sampled hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of times every second in, and, tra- and turned using a digital to anal- an analog to digital converter into a an electrical impulse, which is which represents an on or an off state. And by doing that thousands and thousands and thousands of times, you get a digital representation. The best way to describe uh, to visualize it is if you take a cake and you you can see the cake is a perfect circle. You know, it's a nice circular cake. Mm-hmm. A digital representation of that cake would look at from a distance of a, you know, 
arm's length like a perfect circle. But when you look up close, it actually comprises of tens of thousands of individually tiny slices. Okay. That have been put back together to make a, a whole cake. Okay, you're right. Exactly. So that's that's essentially the difference in a you know in a in a couple of sentences. It's a bit more complicated in reality, but and and, and yeah, and you mentioned you were saw saw people show you pictures. And uh, uh, last night at the Red Red Lot Science Group, we uh, someone uh, who uh, was not a member of the group came up and they were showing me. Uh, a thermal image shot of, of uh, from a player of a uh, ghost. So I, I looked at it and it, it just reminded you that people still don't know what the players. <laughs> well, yeah, thermal imaging is actually becoming now really inexpensive, and in fact, yeah, I am. Quite recently, I mean, I, I, when I was last over, or one time I was over, if you remember, I brought the small FLIR camera that could, you could attach to a smartphone. Yeah, I think Sue Brown has that now on her phone. And we took it down to the North Bridge. Mm -hmm. um, but now there are actually, quite recently, phones have come onto the market that were the, uh, the thermal imagery is built into the phone. Oh, really? That's cool. Um, so they are, they are, you know, they've gone in what, 15 years, they've gone from thousands of dollars. I mean, the top end ones still are expensive, oh, yeah. but you know, down to tens of dollars in some cases, you know, you can easily now buy a thermal imaging camera for under $200. I, I don't and, only and, waited. <laughs> and the, and the problem, yeah, if we'd only waited. Um, and the problem is that it presents, it, um, it, it takes, it uses it, the infrared emissions of objects. Any, any object that has a temperature above absolute zero will emit thermal energy. Thermal mm -hmm. energy lies just above the infrared portion of the visible spectrum. So it's still considered to be part of the infrared spectrum. Now this is this is universally true for every object that is above absolute zero, which is minus two hundred and seventy-three degrees Kelvin. Yeah. Celsius. 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 Which is zero Kelvin. Yeah. Kelvin is zero. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Yeah. yeah. So absolute zero is minus so any object that has a temperature above absolute zero, i.e. minus 273 degrees Celsius, will have a emit thermal energy. The thermal energy is considered infrared because it's just above the, the infrared portion of the light spectrum. So that technology then is used to produce a pictorial representation. It's not a photograph, it's a thermograph. But it's a pictorial representation of the thousands of individual pixels, the, the individual infrared sensors that are on like, the microchip. Like that little cake, cake you had there before. Yeah, like mm -hmm. that little cake. 
So it turns it into a picture because our, we recognize images quite well. And if you want to find out where the, the hot water pipe runs under the floors, you could do it by measuring the temperature and saying yeah, it's hotter there, or you can use a thermograph and or a thermal image, which is another way of describing them. Yeah. And you can you can see where the pipe is and we, you can relate directly to it visually. But you've got to remember that these cameras are not seeing the world in the visible spectrum like our eyes and our brains are used to seeing. They see the world in a different portion of the infrared spectrum, a portion that our brains do not understand very well. So when it, so when the camera represents, and this was most spectacularly demonstrated on ghost ghost hunters, uh, on was it one? Was a oh, I, never, I will never forget that show. I the remember lighthouse the in time. New England. Yeah, and there was a glowing number two on one of yep. the blocker doors. Now, FLIR would, you know, if you did the course, you would know that the material was reflecting back the infrared lights of the camera, which the thermal imager working close to the infrared range could see and said, whoa, that's very hot because there is more infrared, therefore it is hotter. Mm -hmm. They said, oh, look at that glowing number two. It's glowing because it's paranormal. Yeah, which is why we see ghosts in the windows. Yeah, and why we see ghosts of, or we see shadows like visible, you know, like we are yeah. used to the, our shadow. But yeah. you see a shadow on a, a non-reflective wall. Right. On a, thermal, on a thermograph. And you think, well, that can't be right because... To have a reflection, surfaces have to be shiny and polished, like mirrors or glass or, you know, gloss paint. But a thermal a thermograph is different. And mm -hmm. so you do see thermal shadows on non-reflective surfaces because they're only non-reflective in the visible portion, but they are reflective in the infrared portion. And mm -hmm. you see this with... You look at when you look at the pick people wearing black hoodies on on night vision cameras, which are also infrared, but at a lower part of the infrared spectrum. Um, and you see that the hoodie is pure white. Yeah. And when when they put the lights on, the hoodie is dark black and they go back to infrared and the hoodie's white again. Yeah. It's not changing color. You're just seeing different emissions from the object, and thermographs work in a similar way. Mm -hmm. And right. that's why people. In the picture I saw, he, he, there was this image that was uh, a human-like shape, mm -hmm. very, very loose human-like shape, uh, bright white, by the way, not bright white, but very white, and mm -hmm. that should tell you something right there. Um, and they said, oh, see, I got a picture of uh, a ghost or a spirit. And, uh, you know, I looked at it and it's like, oh, yeah, that's all I said <laughs> and left. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's you've got so many different things to play. 
and play there. Not only not understanding the equipment, but also once again, we get the paradoxia coming in where we try to make order of stuff. We've got this shape and then they say, well, the closest thing that I can, my little brain can make it out and, and I want to see a ghost there and I see a ghost or a, or a, or a uh, character or a person or whatever. Well, you know, I mean, ghosts are, as we know, in the Western society, ghosts are glowing, white, vaporous, floating forms. You know, they vaguely, you know, you've seen the classical Casper or the Ghostbusters ghost. Mm -hmm. Now, if you showed that image to somebody from um, the Middle or Far Eastern cultures, they they wouldn't recognize it as a ghost Mm -hmm. because their ghosts, when they're portrayed artistically, are very different. Mm-hmm. And this is something I w- I've been writing about for Paravision, the book that I'm doing with yeah. Cal. Um, Once again, and, beliefs play a, play a role. Well, culture plays a role because we yeah. have this Western view, and it, it comes from the, the shroud that the body was wrapped in in medieval times, this white woolen shroud with the top mm-hmm. knot. And that there you have the classic Casper you know the the top knot being the pointed head or the you know the cone shaped head, mm-hmm. and um, the eyes because you only ever see the eyes on the classic ghost, the classic Western ghost. That's where the pennies were laid to pay the ferryman. But in Far Eastern culture, their ghosts are much more human-like but have very, very grotesque faces and always adopt a threatening or unusual pose. And if if you show a picture of a Western ghost to, not to every person from the Far or Middle East, but Mm -hmm. people that aren't used to Western culture, they don't recognize it as a ghost. Right. They They say it's, it's a bird or it's a... They recognise it's got a face, but they don't. They don't make an association with it being a ghost because right. they, their culture and their their upbringing, they recognise ghosts. And in in some ways, it's also related to you know it's not just the, the visual senses. American Americans um, think British chocolate is too sweet, and British people think American chocolate tastes like sour milk. <laughs> because of the way that we're used to perceiving the taste exactly. of chocolate and the way that Americans are used to perceiving the way that uh, the taste of chocolate because yeah. the recipes are different. Yeah, you can say, you know, in the same light, you could see the same image. If, if it was in white, we'd say, oh, there's a ghost or a spirit. But if it was black, maybe yelling, oh, it's a demon. You know, it's, it's well, a, that depends yeah. on the setting. You, you, we both know that depends on the setting of the camera because you can change the color palette. You yeah, but have, that's where our beliefs come in. We, we, we yeah, associate the white have bl- spirit and the black with the bad, yeah, the evil. But it might just be that you've got your camera set up to black equals hot rather than white equals hot because mm-hmm. you can you can change the palette you can have you know you can you can select how it displays the image you can have the hottest objects being the darkest and the or you can have the hottest objects being the bright the whitest brightest so you need to know if you're looking at a thermal image 
you need to know the settings of the camera as well because you need to know is it white hot or white cold mm. i know the settings of the uh chat i mean the uh cues here and it's telling me we've run out of time so we got to wrap it up oh bugger i know i want to thank uh, i want to thank james and john for providing questions for us uh for the tonight's yep. discussion so we do appreciate that if you have questions or comments uh feel free to uh you know, send them to us. We'll, we're happy to talk about them. We, we can take criticism. Yeah, you don't have to agree with us. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's why. But anyways, we got to go. You've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parson and Ron Kolick right here on TojiNet, uh, brought to you by Circles of Listen, 286 Merrimack Street, Bethune, Massachusetts, the Glant Nessie Family Law Group, 15 High Street, nothing of Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member for three bucks a month and help support the show and get access to more than 50 exclusive entries. And so, before what? we go, uh, I'd like what? to give a shout out to. Um, an Australian listener, Kat Ward, and she's going to be joining us on an upcoming show in the next month. Uh, to oh, talk sweet. About, talk about paranormal stuff and weird goings on in Australia. Down under. In Australia. But we've got to figure out the really complicated time zones. Because <coughs> Cheers. We're out of time. <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good lord.